It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome aboard. My name is Adam Ritz. With me, Jay Baker. Hi, Jay. Hi, hi, Adam. I uh, am excited to talk about how the worlds of convenience stores, high-end convenience stores, and hospitals intersect today. Well, how how could that even be? It's kind of mind-blowing to think convenience stores, hospitals. Uh, We're going to jump right into it with a report from Savannah, Georgia. There's a company called Parker's. It is uh, one of the highest-end convenience stores through Georgia, and they are making this planet a better place by donating resources and funds to the Emergency Trauma Center in Savannah, Georgia, so much so it's named after them. It's the Parker's Emergency Trauma Center. I think that's pretty cool. Well, it is. You you probably know that in large towns, you always appreciate the fact that you have a up-to-date, state-of-the-art trauma center at large hospitals. And throughout the country, that's not always the case. So Parker's obviously putting some money back in their community. And uh, a trauma center is there, Adam, as you might imagine, when you need it. And boy, I'll tell you, when you do need it, you're going to be glad it's there. So for our national listeners, as you're driving through Georgia and you need some snacks, some food, something to nosh on, maybe some gasoline, stop into Parker's because you know they're a a corporate organization that cares about their community. Parker's um, has sponsored the Parker's Emergency and Trauma Center at Memorial University Medical Center in Savannah. And they uh, also donate gas cards to the hospital for people that uh, need ongoing medical treatment that might not be able to afford to drive back and forth to the trauma center. So they even donate gas cards for the patients. Well thought out. And if you are in Savannah, by the way, too, you definitely want to stop at Parker's Market. That is an amazing store. And since 2014, uh, this is an amazing number. You're not going to believe when I tell you this. Since 2014, Parker's has provided $1 million in donations to help the renovation. So if you happen to be in the area, you know the Parker's Trauma Center that we speak of. You know how state-of-the-art it is. It's a oh, beautiful, yeah. beautiful building. Well, that's a great part of the country. And this is just uh, an example of uh, a CEO that sees great benefit in helping his community. Always tip our hats to uh, corporate organizations across the country that uh, know that uh, they can do their part to make their communities a better place. And it's happening in Savannah, Georgia with Parker's Convenience Stores and the Parker's uh, Emergency and Trauma Center at Memorial University Medical Center. I'm Adam Ritz. We want to welcome you to the show. You can always get in touch with us through our website, adamritzshow.com. There you'll find an email form, uh, social media. Uh, I'm pretty much Adam Ritz on all social media platforms. Jay Baker is on Facebook if you want to get in touch with us. Give us some of your show ideas. We want to thank our underwriter and sponsor, Vibonomics. We are coming to you from the Vibonomics studios. Vibonomics is an organization that also gives back and believes in this show and provides us the resources we need to broadcast across the country with this public affairs show. If you want to learn more about Vibonomics, they are at Vibonomics.com and how they help retail spaces with their audio experience solution software. 
We're going to talk about an organization today, Adam, that has helped change America one person at a time, and they've done it pretty systematically over the last hundred years. February is Boy Scouts of America Month. That's when they were founded, and uh, it is an organization that currently has about 2.4 million participants and about a million adult volunteers at this exact moment. If you want to find out more information about the Scouts, we're going to share some very interesting facts about the Boy Scouts. You can always go to scouting.org. So they have the website you've always recommended, direct and to the point, scouting.org. Now, Adam, you may or may not be familiar with the uh, motto of the Boy Scouts. Um, Boy, I'm losing my Boy Scout Cub, I was a Cub Scout. Sure, so, and you look like a Cub oh Scout. Oh my! The Still. motto you're you're putting me on the spot. Uh, if only there were some sort of device in my hand, I could if Google only, this. And look if it only up. I if, could if, take a look and uh, see. Oh, that's it! I, I, it's be prepared, and be I have prepared. to admit to our listeners, I cheated. I looked at your paper. Be prepared. <laughs> I was ill prepared. I was not prepared you to tell you prepared. the motto. But, be uh, prepared. Yes. But if you think about it. It's kind of catchy, and it's pretty far-reaching, and it really engages your entire life. Just be prepared, whether and, it's a job interview that day at work, uh, prepared to you know, help out in a situation. You're just there, and you're prepared. Life lessons. I mean, I was a Cub Scout, and a wee below. Do you, you remember that? A wee yes, below, I sure do. Uh, which is uh, short for we be loyal scouts. I was a wee below. And be prepared. Talk about a great life lesson learned at an early age that a young Adam Ritz apparently forgot. <laughs> he did. <laughs> now, most of the time, Adam is prepared. I will let you know that. Of interest is there's a scout oath. And I've always enjoyed this because when you get into Boy Scouts, you have to learn the oath. And you have to learn it in a specific order. And that's the hilarious thing about it. While there's some salient points here, you'll laugh that as a young 11-year-old boy, even I struggled. Hey, I make, make sure i got to put these in the correct order. To help other people. Well, that was, is that a line from well, it? That, well, it is. It, it, basically, it says that a scout will be trustworthy loyal, helpful, as you just said, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. So that covers a lot of topics. And that really much covers everything that you want your children (laughs) or your child or your son or daughter to grow up to be. Well, of interest in Boy Scouts, you know, as you might imagine, there was a, a certain lack of, well, it's called a dork factor. When you and I were in Scouts, it was kind of like, hey, it's maybe you're not the super coolest guy with that little blue uniform and the shorts and everything. But Scouting is intriguing because, like we just said about this list, it was all about building character and self-reliance in kids. In fact, there's an apocryphal story about how Scouting was even founded here in America. A Chicago publisher, W.D. Boyce, was visiting London where he encountered a boy who came to be known as the Unknown Scout. Now, Boyce was lost in a foggy street, which can happen to you when you're in London, and an Unknown Scout came to his aid, guiding him to his destination. The boy then refused Boyd's tip, explaining that he was a Boy Scout and was merely doing his daily good turn. They always tell you to do a good deed every day. Do you remember that part? I do. I do, yeah. And I know you do a number of good deeds uh, at your office, don't you? Because I was a wee below. 
and uh, I'm prepared. Now, were sometimes you? when sometimes when Adam is being obnoxious because we have to work together, I just should remind him, "Hey, dude, you were a weeblo. Skin it back a little. Remember your oath. Your oath <laughs> is to quit being obnoxious." Now, were you a scout? I was, and I'm about to hit you with the ooh factor. Okay, I was actually not only a scout but an Eagle Scout. Oh. And Eagle Scout's kind of a big deal. And That's I, like semi-pro. That is you know? semi-pro, yeah. Uh, my father was an Eagle Scout, uh, and his entire family was very into scouting. And my dad kind of took me aside because I was a child of the 60s, 70s. And after I sort of accomplished a lot in the scouting world, let's say circa about age 13 or 14, hey, when you're 13, 14, now the hipness factor is there. Well, my dad sort of reeled me in and said, look, you've accomplished some things in scouting, but you really, really, really want to get your Eagle badge. That'll be something that will stick with you the rest of your life. And he, he actually was right about that. When was the last time you did something current day, recent day, that relates back to when you were a scout? Some sort of activity or something you learned? I'll give you an example. What made me think of this question? Uh, when I was a Cub Scout or a Weebelo, we went to Camp Belzer every summer. And you you did uh, leather crafting. You could make your own belt. Where you could you could uh, there were was wood burning activities. Uh, but the one thing we did that I do still do, and just did a few months ago in the warmer weather, is we made hobo pie, which is you just get a lot of ingredients and some aluminum foil, and you throw these ingredients fruits, vegetables, maybe a cut up hot dog, uh, maybe some pork or chicken. You put it all into a pouch that you make from the right. aluminum foil with some with a block of butter and some salt and pepper. You tie it up and throw it in the fire. You throw it in the campfire, and 20 minutes later, you've got a meal. And that's your hobo pie. It's kind of like a, a pot pie. Uh, just you have to be careful not to eat the aluminum foil <laughs> when you peel it back. And it's super hot when yes, you pull it out. Hot. The butter's scalding. I mean, when you open it up and the steam comes out, it is an amazing meal. For I learned sure. how to make that when I was probably – uh, 13 years old, 12 years old at Camp Belzer, and I still make it today with my kids. That's very cool. Something like that ever pop up uh, uh, in I your have, daily life that you learned when you were a scout? I think within the last couple of years, I've actually made an outdoor fire, and there's a knack to that, as you might imagine. Uh, you can't just take the biggest log, light a match to it. It's not going to work. But I think in Boy Scouts, I certainly learned a lot about building a, an outdoor fire. And of course, you've got to build a safe one, as we know. Because of the uh, the airflow. And yes. you've, got to, you've got to position the logs correctly. Thanks to scouts, you're able to do that. Absolutely. So Mr. Boyce was uh, basically amazed that this young man actually was out doing a good turn. And he ended up meeting with the Boy Scouts headquarters. And by some accounts, Robert Baden-Powell, who was the founder of British Scouting. And of course, an always classic British style, this Robert Baden-Powell, who was sort of the ultimate scout, he was always pictured as this dashing guy. So I remember even as a young scout thinking, wouldn't it be cool if you were as cool as Robert Baden-Powell? So they come back to the, Boyce comes back to the United States and then actually incorporates and charters the Boy Scouts of America on February 8th, 1910, and they've been going strong ever since. One of the earliest proponents of scouting was President Theodore Roosevelt. And he came out and said, as you know, this was the non-politically correct era. He basically said that he likes scouting because 
he felt that there had been a decline in American manhood, and he became a supporter. So it wasn't like manhood, like, you know, you got to be big and strong and tough and beat people up. But as we talked about being uh, reliant, uh, you know, as you said, one of the things that you learned about being in Boy Scouts was that not only should you be prepared, but you should also be helpful to others. Helpful to others. Absolutely. So if you think about it, even Teddy Roosevelt was saying, hey, there's just a bunch of guys. All they're thinking about is themselves. Let's create an atmosphere. So that's what I was saying about scouting really does change minds because, uh, as Adam pointed out, as, as I could tell you, you become engaged in scouts uh, at circa about eight years old. I'd that's, say, yeah, it was second or third grade. Right. Eight years so old. You're eight years old. And you're kind of seeing around you uh, guys who are trying their best to live this scout uh, oath. You know, they really are trying to be obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave. As you said, just as a day-to-day, we could spend thousands of dollars on some self-help book or self-help course. We could go see Anthony Robbins tomorrow. But that's not a bad thing, is it, to be courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, and brave? I mean, There's nothing wrong with that. Of course no, not. No, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So uh, as you might imagine, uh, as you go up through scouts, uh, you then branch off and get into merit badges and things like that. Do you remember merit badges at I, all? I do. And um, this jumps into my mind, the wolf badge, the bobcat. Yes. So once you reached a certain amount of credits or accomplishments, then you earned your wolf badge or right. the bobcat badge. or, or and those I remember where they sewed onto my chest pocket. And uh, those meetings with the den mother uh, were, I was looking forward to those meetings as much as any sort of team practice, school activity. I mean, those were important to me when I yeah. was eight, nine, 10 years old. And as you probably know, some of the things that you learned as a young scout would be something like learn... Um, you know, the first line in Declaration of Independence, or learn how to tie a knot, or learn how to sharpen a knife. You know, I mean, obviously, part of the scouting experience was for the outdoors. You might not need to know how to sharpen a knife now, yeah, unless life, you do a lot of camping. The the badges were a little harder to get in 1910 in Montana. <laughs> I'm going to uh, guess they, they were. In, in present day uh, <laughs> Metropolis. Of interest, of course, scouting has tried to evolve, and one of the things they've been encouraging in the last few years is for scouts to lead a healthy lifestyle because they obviously have viewed childhood obesity as a problem. And a 2013 scout initiative was called Scouting for Food, and it was meant to help fill local food pantries. So we've talked about that on the show, about feeding other people, and the scouts have taken it upon themselves. Um it's more difficult, as you might imagine, to go door to door, but do keep your ears and eyes open. If you see somewhere where your local scouts are having a food drive, I really do feel, because they are so committed to it, that it's worth your while to make sure you go grab some canned food. Mm-hmm. As Adam and I have pointed out several times on this show, there's some canned food that, if you look closely, has perhaps been in your cupboard for quite a while. It's still as good and somebody else would benefit, and a scout would be very happy to take it off your hands. Now, with childhood obesity and, and food drives and, and those important issues, I feel a little terrible bringing up what I'm about to bring up. 
But the Boy Scout chocolate popcorn is the greatest stuff I've ever eaten in my life. Are you familiar with this? Have you seen I the Boy am, Scouts? In fact, it's funny it, you said that. Are you bringing that up? I hate to steal your thunder. No, not at okay, all. Okay, let's talk about that popcorn. The latest fun drive has been this great <laughs> brand of popcorn. It's and unbelievable. I hand it to the Boy Scouts. And I will do my part in curbing child obesity by buying all of it and eating it all myself so these children don't have to. The caramel chocolate drizzle. Popcorn they sell, it's unbelievable. So it I really encourage you, if you see a Cub Scout, a Boy Scout, a Scout in front of a local uh, food pantry selling chocolate drizzled popcorn, caramel pop, buy it because it's saving some kid's life. Isn't it funny <laughs> that the Boy Scouts identified, look, let's don't sell something that people don't like. Let's sell something that's nearly, you know, like addiction, you know, so it, it's, it's maybe you know. it's maybe the most important uh piece of history in the in the 100 plus years of the Boy Scouts of America <laughs> is that caramel chocolate drizzle popcorn. We could sell. go all the way back to a young man being leading a, a gentleman across the street in London or we yeah. can go right to the popcorn. It's all about the history. Hey, trustworthy Kind, blah, blah, blah. Get to the caramel chocolate popcorn. <laughs> Obedient, kind, thrill, th- thrifty, <laughs> cheerful popcorn, I think, is the way it goes now. Well, you probably know some of the great merit badges. Citizenship in the community has been one that's been with the Boy Scouts for years, and it allows Scouts to learn specifically how their community operates in the way of government and what their rights and responsibilities are as a citizen. And that's kind of fun. I specifically remember that merit badge because I believe that if you lived in a city that had a mayor, you were to attempt to interview the mayor or if not, somebody that worked in the mayor's office. And that was kind of a cool thing as a young man. Uh, If you think about it for just a moment, we thought it a daunting task as a 12-year-old boy or 13-year-old boy. I've got to go try to talk to the mayor. You know the mayor is probably delighted because here's the mayor. That's the who, easiest interview he'll do all day. <laughs> he's had to deal with all the nuance, headaches of running a city. Finally, a 13-year-old kid just wants to come by and chat about his merit badge. You're going, thank goodness, I was yeah. waiting for this. The mayor, he or she is telling his uh, or her uh, office assistant, hey, why don't you put that interview down for eight hours? Let's yes. block out the whole day for that block interview with the, the scouts. Day. Yeah, so citizenship in Did the you community. do that? Did you interview your mayor? I did. I got a chance to. I grew up in a beautiful Elkhart, Indiana, and I got an opportunity to chat with our mayor. Is and, that on uh, your uh, tape and resume? Do you send that out when you're looking for radio jobs? You know, I interviewed I, the mayor. I should. That's an important thing. That was one of my first big celeb interviews was with the mayor of Elkhart. <laughs> now, here's some, uh, here's some merit badges that kind of surprised me a little bit when I was doing some research on this. Believe it or not, there's now an engineering merit badge. And Adam, you, of course, attended a university where there was extra emphasis on engineering. Kind of makes sense that you would help young men use science and technology to turn ideas into reality. Uh, and their study of the engineering merit badge helps develop the foundation of this knowledge. So something as simple as getting this merit badge might actually push a young man into the engineering field. It really could. We, and we've done reports on science, technology, engineering, math, how important STEM is uh, for children to be exposed to that. And my gosh, hats off to the Scots for uh, introducing more and more STEM and engineering projects for kids. I thought that was great. How about this one? This is the one where the second I saw this, I went, well, that seems practical enough. And then I thought, no, I wish this was happening when I was a Scout. Believe it or not, there's now a welding merit badge. 
Would you not have a blast? <laughs> I want to use the acetylene torch, sir. Yes. <laughs> Welding merit badge. Fire it up. Well, you know, this was based on the fact that uh, specifically Boy Scouts are between the ages of 11 and 18. And that is a group when you go into mind development. And we may do a show on mind development because there's some new research that talks about the uh, specific ages where your brain starts to form. So they identified that between the ages of 11 and 18, boys can learn a great deal by actually doing something hands-on. So that's why they introduced welding, which, as we all know, is important in a number of areas now in today's world. So I, I appreciate the practicality of them for doing that. For sure. Yeah. Vocational training. You know, it doesn't have to start when you're uh, 17, entering your senior senior year in high school. Uh, welding, for sure, could be the the building blocks to getting into a certain line of work. Right. Uh, because not everybody's going to go into the School of Engineering at a university. Well, and that's fine. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what they're saying about today's scouting experience is they are using this experience. They use the basis, or if you will, the foundation of scouting, which is the motto, be prepared, and that the scout is thrifty, brave, reverent, loyal, etc. And then you build that on life experience. So that's what's been interesting about scouting. Believe it or not, Adam, they feel that uh, almost 50% of Americans have been touched directly by scouting. Either they were a volunteer for a scout organization, or they were a Boy Scout themselves. I'm kind of pleased to know that you were a, a Boy Scout. Absolutely. So 100% of this broadcast show you're listening to, we're part of the scouting uh, industry. Now, I don't <laughs> think there was a broadcasting merit badge when I was there, but uh, maybe I, I may be doing enough today to actually qualify for my broadcasting merit badge. What would we have to do to petition the Boy Scouts of America, to get a, a broadcasting merit badge. That might be the worst thing you could do for a child. <laughs> Can you imagine? Welding, good. <laughs> Citizenship, good. Engineering, good. Broadcasting, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Can you imagine? You know, the other cool thing that I found about getting merit badges, too, was they created the merit badge system so that you had to interact with others. Um you know, there were the traditional, what they called the camp craft merit badges, canoeing, life-saving, archery. Those all had to be outdoors. And those oftentimes were accomplished in the summer. As you said, mm -hmm. you got an opportunity to go to Boy Scout Summer Camp, yep. which is a great rite of passage for many young scouts. So when you're out there in the great outdoors, hey, you're already going to go canoeing anyway. Why not earn your canoeing merit badge? But some of the other ones, like citizenship in the community and first aid and some of the other merit badges, required that you actually worked with somebody. I remember getting the first aid merit badge, and you actually had to get it through the Red Cross. So you had to uh, participate either in a Red Cross class or a Red Cross seminar of some kind. So they took it pretty seriously, but that kind of forced you out of your comfort zone. Uh, it's one thing if a you're sitting in the canoe and the guy goes, hey, Stanley, you want to learn your canoeing merit badge? Well, I guess this is a thing where you had to go out and actually interact and say, no, I want to get this merit badge. And it was the, quote, expert that had to sign off on it. So if they ever do a broadcasting merit badge, 
maybe we sign you up to be the uh, on the experts list, and Adam Ritz has to sign the certificate that says you got your broadcasting merit badge. And Jay will tell you, I'm fairly critical, so I'm not going to sign just anybody's uh, form. But <laughs> since you will also be trying to be uh, helpful and friendly and courteous, maybe you could at least get through that part. <laughs> I'll be prepared. I'll at least have a pen. To sign the form. You know, I may just, as a, as a little trick, is I may have to make up the complete list of the scout oath and uh, hide it in your office somewhere in a sp- spot that you'll see it later to remind you to be trustworthy, loyal, helpful, brave, and obedient. Kind? Was kind on there? You have to be uh, kind. Yeah, you have just, to be kind. Oh, yeah, I just, absolutely have to be kind. And Help other know, people. Help you other have people. to help other people. Most of these, you know, it was kind of funny um, – uh, moms, of course, have a very big part in a young man's life. And if your mom was anything like my mom, my mom took a look at this list and went, oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Because, yeah, she was saying uh, clean and reverent. By the way, speaking of reverent, you'll appreciate this. As a young scout, Adam, I thought that, you know, I knew a great deal of the scouting world because I was 13 and I had a pretty. I was a life scout then, and I thought, you know, hey, I'm on my way to be an eagle, and I'm a hot shot, and blah blah blah. So we're walking around in camp, and I'm telling some off-color story to the guy that I'm walking with, unbeknownst to the fact that just over the next hill was our scoutmaster, <laughs> and he waits till we crest the hill, and he looks up at me and he goes. Scout Baker, can you uh, s- recite the Scout Oath for me? And, you know, you know, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, reverent. Did you feel that your story represented clean and reverent? <laughs> Why, no, sir, I did not. <laughs> you, you learned a valuable lesson that day. Absolutely. And you think about this. This is what we were talking about in the scouting organization is this was a chance to build young men a mind at a time. And then these men go off into their society and influence. And while it's probably tough to live the scout oath every single day, just the fact that you are cognizant that these are some things that are worth pursuing, I think, is very interesting. And it's fun to talk about and bring back memories. When I was a scout, this is going to be tip of the tongue for me and top of mind to be helpful and trustworthy uh, as this show uh, airs this week, and I, in podcast form, if I look at the title of this show and down the road, I'll be like, reverent, kind, trustworthy, helpful. It all comes back to you. It's always good to talk about. One of the things in my research, too, when we were putting the show together, Adam, there was some talk about how the merit badges have changed appreciably. In the past, you have to you used to have to know about things like raising farm animals or using signal flags. I don't know if you yeah. remember semaphore and I Morse code. and I didn't get my farm animal badge. I remember that. I was in the city. Um, Morse code, though, that would have been cool to learn. I don't think I did that one. I think so. Some of these would have been cool to learn, but don't have as much utility yeah, nowadays. Not really functional, but just cool. Yeah. So in an interview, uh, George Clay, who's a scout executive, said that uh, He said, I'm not aware of any other organization that has instilled character in kids as a mission. He also said that today we not only look at the old accomplishments of merit badges, but today we have merit badges that teach GPS and graphic arts. The methods have changed, but the core values of character, citizenship, and responsibility have remained the same. So if you have a young man, or now they do uh, also have Boy Scout uh, activities that involve girls as well. 
if this is allowed in your community or, or, or you know, or this is an outlet in your community, this is the kind of thing you might want to look at, especially uh, they can get started as young as eight years old. Mm-hmm. So if you have nephew, neighbor, whatever, young eight-year-old boy, you can benefit greatly from scouting. Scouting was really designed to just sort of mold that young mind, give him something to do, and kind of direct him outwards. You probably have heard, too, that while the inner city does not lend itself to great camping experiences, the Boy Scouts of America and scouting in general have been a great help just to give young men something to do because you've undoubtedly heard that, that that is one of the number one problems in the inner city is there is a lack of just outlets, even just even if you played kickball for an yeah. hour and a half with your Boy Scout troop, that would be far better than some of the activities. If, if kids aren't doing something good, they their possibilities of doing something bad goes up. Absolutely. Uh, as we wrap up the show, I wanted to uh, share this with you. One of my best memories as a child involves the Scouts. I made a cake with my dad. It was a cake contest. And here I am, uh, in a middle-aged man, and one of my favorite memories of growing up is making a cake with my dad. We actually cool? used blue and yellow food coloring to dye the the, the icing to make it uh, the colors of uh, Weebelows, blue and yellow. One of my favorite memories. That is a great memory. And see, you'll always treasure that. So build your memories with your, your kids, with scouting. What's the website? The uh, website is scouting.org. Easy to remember. How could I not be prepared enough to remember that website? <laughs> Scouting.org. And thank you again to Parker's Convenience Stores in Georgia for all they do to make this place uh, a better planet. I'm Adam Ritz, your host for Jay Baker. Thank you so much for joining us. Any questions, join us online, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.